When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. You are you now, are now listening, listening to The War Report. Wednesday, Wednesday night, night war, war room. room. With your host, C-Dope. It's your boy Caesar Walker. Well, I got my boys with me. Mike, Mike. G, G. Get your weight up. Strength and conditioning. Development. Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the tape. And being real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me. Are you ready? Because we are now locked and loaded for the Wednesday night war. Let's go! War Eagle, everyone. Happy hump day. Welcome to the latest and greatest war room, Wednesday night war room, guys. Well, we your source fan for your week, your weekday fix, man. We're here. Uh, the fellas are here. Mine is B. 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 Will is in spirit, not here physically, but uh, pretty much we're here to talk about everything, man. You know what to do. Smash the like button. Please drop a war eagle in the comments. We love to hear from you guys. Please be sure if you're new and you don't know how we get down here, please drop your city where you listening to this from or streaming this from. And we want to hear from you guys. Also, please be sure to share the video, guys. If you're on social media, particularly if you're on Twitter, you can add us at The War Report. Please use hashtag Get Your Weight Up. Uh, you listen. A lot of uh, a lot of uh, the people keeping up with Auburn, they're they're going on vacation. Things are starting to slow down. Camps are coming to an end, and so on and so forth. So. We got a lot of we got, you know, not a lot of news outside of recruiting, but there was some news on a national scale that pretty much. I mean, if you clicked on the thumbnail, you already know what it is, guys. The the NCAA took an L uh, this week on Monday, and I'm here for it. Uh, Anytime they take an L, uh, I think a player wins. So. They ruled in favor of, of the athletes and what they ruled unanimously, I think it was nine nothing, is that the NCAA cannot enforce rules that will limit education related benefits. Examples of this is like computers, internships. Uh, and these are things that colleges, of course, can offer its student athletes. Now, the NCAA tried to get immunity from the normal operation of antitrust laws. This is what this kind of stemmed around. And what's believed by a lot of people who've been giving their opinions about this is that this could potentially lead to potential lawsuits down the road from former players against the NCAA for not being able to take advantages of education-related benefits that could have been offered to them, but due to these limitations, they were not able to capitalize on. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is going to come from people who were not able to become professionals at the next level. They missed out on the opportunity to capitalize on these benefits. So I, I expect a lot of lawsuits down the road. It's important to also know that this ruling does not address student athletes being able to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. This is totally separate. In fact, I believe there's going to be a few more meetings next week for them to, to, to kind of flesh out how that's going to look um, for the student athlete moving forward. This is strictly for educational and there's really no limit for what universities can do for student athletes. Uh, been hearing a lot of opinions from people, uh, particularly the worldwide leader 
There's a certain guy who we know uh, has gotten really popular with a certain radio show that was based here in Birmingham, um, where he he says it was the end of the NCAA as we know it. But with the NIL pending, I, I know that this is going to change a lot for the student athlete. We want it to. I think the NCAA will be just fine because they have a great product. And they've been profiting on it for quite some time. And that's not going to change. I think what will change is how those profits get distributed. And Mm -hmm. I think it's about time that those profits do fall in the hands of the student athlete in some form or fashion. But guys, I just want to just just talk to me. What are your thoughts initially about this? And and do you think with the 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 name, image and likeness pending, uh, we know some states it will go into place next month, but. Do you think this will signal the end of amateurism in college sports moving forward? Like, what's your thoughts, bro? Uh, I mean, I think that people, I don't anticipate um, schools necessarily just coming up and ponying up dollars to pay athletes outright. Um, and that, that to me is, is the end of amateurism. Um, but let's be super clear. These athletes have been working for schools for a long time. They just mm-hmm. haven't been getting compensated for that. And we can, and, and whoever is watching this right now in the chat or whoever wants to watch this on replay can disagree with me about a fair compensation for a student who imputes so much value to a, a university into the NCAA. And the return for that is a scholarship. We can we can talk about what fair compensation is for for that amount of work all we want to. And I will I've said this before. I will say this again. Most of these kids, regardless of what you feel about their chances are of getting to the pro leagues, do not choose their school specifically in the major sports. We're talking about football and basketball. Do not choose the school that they're going to because they want to get a quality education. They go there to improve their chances to go pro in that sport. And so you can feel how you want to about any of this stuff. My argument has always been this. Someone who goes to school for on a band scholarship can go work a part-time job if they want to. Someone who goes to school on a band scholarship can go use the exact same gifts that they're using that got them that scholarship, i.e. playing an instrument, and go make money any day of the week that they want to. Sign as many autographs as they want to. They can do whatever they want to to make money outside of the thing that brings them the scholarship to go to that institution. For whatever reason, we feel like because it's a sport, now all of a sudden the scholarship is enough and you should not be able to profit at all, regardless of the fact that you personally are making this school millions of dollars in most cases. It's just not fair. It's about time we start introducing some equity into that equation for the people who are producing the product, being able to profit from the product as well while they're still doing it. They put all this stuff on the line. They get injured. It's a wrap. None of all that stuff goes away. Let the kids make some money, man. Hmm. It's not it ain't I don't even know why, why are we having this conversation in 2021 as if we don't understand how supply chains work. Let the kids make some money. It ain't that big a deal. Like, why are we, why, why is this, such, why is this controversial? No mm-hmm. other industry are you allowed to just be like, I mean, never mind, you know, I'm gonna let somebody else. I'm, I'm actually very, I, I, this is, this is, it, it upsets me because it is, it, it just reeks of, uh, a very antiquated mindset that says you should just be happy that I'm allowing you to raise your social status in whatever way right now, right? Like just be happy with these few little dollars I give you. And I'm not saying that it's cheap to go to school and I get it. There's a lot of people who have to pay to go to school. I get that 100%, but the value of that scholarship versus what they provide in value to the university, we're not, we're, we're not going to sit here and pretend like those things are equitable. Anyway, Whatever. Talk to me, Mike G. What you got? Uh, I think the key in this ruling here was education related benefits. Right. For me. So that stood out when when I when I read the ruling. Um, 
Now, what are they defining as education-related benefits? Uh, in lies uh, the, uh, the next question. What's education-related? Well, for me, it's room and board at a place like Auburn where most of your student body lives off campus anyway. Uh, you know, I think, you know, having room and board taken care of, having some sort of reasonable stipend so that, to Ike's point, if you if you if you got a band scholarship, you can still go have a part time job. Right. If you are right. a football player, you cannot. So to me, uh, if they're providing some kind of benefit equal to a part time job, I'm OK with that. I'm OK with them putting that money in their pocket. And then when, when you go a step further and you start talking about name and likeness, then if you are a good player or if you're great then you're making money off your off your name, off what you bring, the right. percentage of what you bring to the table because you're good. I'm okay with that too. So the idea that these student athletes are should be treated the same as normal students, I think is a farce, especially at schools like Auburn where you go and, I mean, I'm not making millions of dollars to the university. Right. Oh, I mean, they're, they're charging me a bunch of money to right. get an education. And then I got to work my ass off just to pay for books. But I'm also not making a bunch of money now. So I'm not jealous of any athlete who has talents that net him or net someone else millions of dollars. It's like that in, in, in every in every uh, profession. If right. you have talents that net your employer millions of dollars, you're going to be the highest paid and you're going to get special treatment. <laughs> Flat out. And they compensate you accordingly. Accordingly. Right. Like, right. Yeah. So right. I'm, that, that, that's how I'm feeling about this. But again, because we're talking about education related benefits, I'm interested to see how they define those parameters, because this is something that does potentially widen the gap between the haves and the have nots. At a school like Auburn, it's it's not a big deal. It's just a matter of going to the boosters and saying, we need Tigers Unlimited, the fundraising arm. We need more money because now we have to cover all these education-related expenses. Some schools don't have that. They don't have them deep pockets. They don't have that old money to go to. Right. Now, when you're choosing colleges, well, they got that old money at Auburn versus South Alabama or Tulane, or, you know, UL Lafayette. I don't know. What other school sucks? Right? In, terms of <laughs> in, terms of in terms of football, though, are those schools ever really in it for those top athletes? Well, here's the thing. Because some of the biggest names ever to play in football came from small schools, right? right sure. Terrell Owens, Jerry Rice. These guys didn't go to your Auburns and your Alabamas and your Florida States and Miamis. Sure. Right. And that'll probably sure. continue to be the case. That will continue right. to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it just makes me wonder, though, does it make it harder for scouts to find these type players, the next Jerry Rice or Terrell Owens at a Tennessee state? That, mm, that's I, that, I mean, I, I'm not saying that it does or it doesn't. I'm just saying right now, being an NFL scout is, is an art. And there's the obvious top 10 talent. That honestly, 50% of the time busts out still. Right. Sure. And then there is the Hall of Fame talent that went undrafted six round or later. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I just wonder if this is going to be, I don't know if it widens the gaps between the haves and the have nots. More so than it just makes it more, it, it makes sure that that gap remains. Because I felt like it was starting to close a little bit. You know, uh, JT, uh, it'll play later, but he said something interesting during the interview about how many great athletes there are. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of good athletes. And so when people say, you know, they got more talented than us, I'm telling you, man, I put a, a premium on coaching because I believe there's a lot of talent out there. If you're going to go get the obvious talent, then your coaching job will be easier. If you get the raw talent, which is what most of everybody else is getting. Right. Yeah. Raw talent. 
So now you have, the, the vast majority of your roster is going to be raw talent. Raw talent. going to have a few people who have like a roster full of studs. But I mean, it's a lot of guys on a football team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so if you got deep pockets, if you got deep pockets and you got old money, it makes it even easier for you to get the obvious talent. You know, that, that's, that's how I'm looking at this. I, I, I don't know. It, cre- it solves one dynamic and it creates another. Let, kind of but let thing. me ask you this. Yeah, for sure. what, what, if it, what if it creates a situation where, and I'm not saying this will happen, but let's say you, you have an Ole Miss, right? You have an Ole Miss in Alabama. And Alabama is signing four or five stars, you know, on a yearly basis, right? They got a big class coming in. We already see where there's some kids, true freshmen already got some endorsements lined up to start July 1st, right? But let's say you have a kid who's Bama's recruiting them, but a kid's got a sweet deal to be the number one, the class of Ole Miss recruit, or you can be the third or fourth guy in Alabama's recruiting class, and you got a sweet deal lined up for you talking NIL at this point, obviously. Mm, okay. Mm. But you have a kid, you can you can be the 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 top of the class of Ole Miss recruiting class and have a really sweet deal that you probably won't get at Alabama. Does that begin to create a bit of parity in the SEC when kids can go still play in the SEC, still be in the West, play for someone like Lane? And there's a bigger incentive to sign with that school over Alabama where there's kids, three or four, three or four players who are rated higher than you who may get those opportunities. Do you think that's a possibility? Um, I mean, it's possible. I don't know that that is necessarily much different than it would be right now, minus the compensation, right? Because it's the difference yeah. between, right? Like, look at a situation that we have right now with TJ Findlay coming to play at Auburn. Like, I could be the number three quarterback in LSU or I could pe- for, compete for the number one spot at Auburn, right? That's not even compensation related. That's just depth chart related. Um, sure. So it's going to be a similar type of situation. It's just going to be dollar signs attached to it. Um, but I do think that there are opportunities for parity for programs who embrace the fact that this is a thing and we're going to put stuff in place to adapt to it. If you want to just be... Oh, we want to. You want to be traditional, old school, and you want to like buck against this, and not just go ahead and say, "Listen, this is the way that we're going now. Let me start figuring this out." Then you are opening the door for other people to either catch up with you in recruiting mm-hmm. or continue to surpass you in recruiting. Like you've just got to start to figure out. Listen, this is the way this thing is going, and I need to get ahead of it. Just like a bunch of people did with all of this, uh, you know, these uh, Bitcoin type, you know cryptocurrency stuff like you you could either figure out years ago this is the direction that money is moving let me get on board with it or if you want to even take it back further with you know music industries and talking about streaming platforms the music industry took a huge nosedive because they refused to embrace the fact and this is where the the NCAA is staring down the barrel of the gun the same way the music industry was Refusing to embrace the fact that the way that we've been doing business forever, though successful for decades, is not the way that we're going to be able to continue to do business in this Mm -hmm. new marketplace. The marketplace is shifting. I need to get ahead of the change. They can go the route of the music industry if they want to and allow for the change to overtake them. And then they become less and less significant and holding on to relics of their past uh, grip on on being able to control all this stuff, or they can start to change. It's really up to them. Nobody's stopping the NCAA from changing. Nobody's stopping these larger institutions from understanding, the, reading the tea leaves and saying, this is the direction this stuff is going. Let me figure it out. Right. But the ones who don't figure it out are going to find themselves broadening the gap between the haves and the have-nots even further, or finding themselves shifting to the other side of that fence. Yeah. Let, let, let me let's let's address uh shout out to Walt. Walt is asking, what do you value the total value of the scholarship plus all the other benefits, food, tutoring, et cetera, for four years? I mean, I don't value it any more than I do for any other scholarship student that gets it. That my point is that 
You don't look at any other scholarship student and say to them, this is what you get. That's it. Nobody does that for any other scholarship student except for a sports. Part. Why? Why is it that the guys who, who can you know dribble a basketball, throw a football, kick a soccer ball, hit a baseball, all of a sudden you're saying to them, well, I'm giving you uh, free tuition, room and board and some food. Aren't you happy? Mm-hmm. And now they can't travel home to see a parent who's sick because they don't have any money for a trip. Are you are we being like like? Are we being real? Right. Are we being, is that fair to that kid that nobody can play for their, pay for their plane ticket home because they can't afford, can't afford it without having some sanction levied on the school? Is that fair? No, it's not. And I get it. That's not everybody's situation that we're not, I'm not saying some people will argue it is, right? But I would argue that that happens more often. I know for a fact when I was in school, with all of the free food that these students were getting, there were still students who were starving on weekends when the calf wasn't open for them to be able to eat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I have a story that's probably going to get me in trouble, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, Those are the best ones. Uh, <laughs> so when I was when, when we were in school and we would be in in Foy. Uh, grabbing grabbing some lunch at lunch over there. And, and they had the Chick-fil-A over to the left. And uh, there was a little food calf, right? Like the little uh, kind of like mix, mix mash of stuff. Mm-hmm. There was a girl who worked the front. And she, to this day, I couldn't tell you her name. Um, I honestly never knew her name, but she worked the food line. And she just understood the struggle. So when I read comments about like, you know, hey, what do you, you know, value this to me, like being to being able to eat and have a roof over your head, that's a human right. I don't think anybody should ever have to worry about that, no matter what your circumstance is. So, you know, feeding people, I mean, I don't know, man, like I I, I feel it. So but again, in, in college, when, you know, when we're broke and I was listening. I was, I could not gain a pound when I lived at home. And I realized why my mom made all my food from scratch. When I got to college, I had to cook for myself. I was eating out and them pounds, that freshman 15 jumped on me real quick. Hmm. So I, I would be in Foy and I'm getting ready to check out. And, um, I was six two. I don't know that. I don't know that I could have reasonably my freshman, sophomore year been mistaken for a football player. Like, I mean, it wasn't, but I would check out and maybe some players were in front of me and I'd have like three slices of pizza and some drinks. And this girl would ring my food up at 99 cents every single time. And the first time I alerted her to her mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, uh, I'm not sure you got everything uh, here. And she just kind of looked at me like, I was like, Oh, <laughs> right. And so, right. This this girl understood something very, very simple about the college struggle. The people selling you the food have more than enough. Now, I mean, technically, I, I understand what that sounds like, right? You know, because you can't just be giving away product, right? Like you know, for free, but um, hey, I, uh, I, Lauren, Lauren said she was trying to holler. No, that definitely wasn't it. <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. I, I tell you from experience that was not what was happening um but uh uh it was always i i did i did eat and hang out with players in school so sometimes when they they would go grab something and eat i i know they they had sewer hall but they they had special arrangements as well too and i just think that if you can make that stuff a non-factor for students if you're not worried about food and and all these things you're going to make better athletes because then you can just concentrate on going to class and giving your all on the practice field. The worst thing that can happen to an athlete is, is that other things get in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the full, full cost of attendance is about rem- before what you're asking them to do, removing all other distractions. That's it. That's what this boils down to. 
Yeah. You're asking them to put their health on the line so you can sell tickets and get people to donate and, and go on Saturdays and scream your head off, right? Full cost of attendance is about making it as easy as possible for me to do that for you. And that mm-hmm. means I don't have to worry about food. I don't have to worry about if I can afford to take my girlfriend on a date on the weekends because I can't get a job. I don't have to worry about roof over my head. I don't have to worry about, you know, whether I have a car to get places. Auburn is surprisingly easy to commute. It's probably gotten even easier since since uh, we were there. But the Tiger Transit was still very bomb back in the day. It was better than that little trolley thing that Alabama had. They had like one thing that went across the campus. I forgot what they called it. Uh, I don't know. The junkyard trolley. But like. We Trans had wagon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the trans transit. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, and it, but our Tiger Transit system was great, and we could get around campus. And even as a student, having that amenity because I didn't have a car my first couple of years in college meant that was one less thing I had to worry about. Because every fifteen minutes through the neighborhoods came the Tiger Transit. So you just take mm-hmm. something like that that they uh, they they provide for all students, and you take it a couple steps further for athletes because of what they're contributing to the university. That's it. That's all this is. We don't have to overcomplicate this, man. They, they add value, so you compensate them for their value. Maybe not straight up dollar for dollar. Right, because I don't know that that it doesn't need to be dollar for that dollar. It doesn't mean it's you know, dollar for dollar. Yeah. I don't get paid as much as the, the, the guy who owns the company where I work. Yeah. Right, like that's just never going to be the case, regardless of how hard I work. I will never get paid as much as the CEO. Yeah. I mean, that's all I'm saying. It was it was, you know, but you can get compensated in a way that makes sense. And good. And I'll tell you what, I know we don't we we call them student athletes, but really, to some extent, they're employees. Yeah. Right. It's just by the way. We asked JT O'Sullivan. I was going to get around to this. Yeah, well, we did. We're going to get to this. He had a very great answer to this. I really want you guys to watch that interview when it drops and listen to JT O'Sullivan, a guy who was a former athlete and now is a high school football coach, played in the NFL, all of that stuff. He had a really great perspective on this. And yeah. I am, I, I, I love the way that he answered that question. Of course, I agreed with it. So if he had said something I disagree with, maybe I didn't love the answer so much, but I definitely love the way he answered the question. I think he put it in a good perspective. Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with The War Report, and you've been listening to The War Report Wednesday Night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early, catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there, Facts and All, The Weekend Tailgate, our player interview series, Building Report, going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show. This is not a hard thing to get right. It is give kids enough because any good employer, the point I was making about them being employees is uh, um, any good employer gives you the tools to accomplish what they're asking you to do. Bad employers take advantage of employees who produce without the tools and then ask them to produce more because they were successful doing it without the tools. Yeah. I worked for I worked for a guy like that. I'm going to put him on full blast right now. The more I produced without his help, the more he asked me to do. And his mm-hmm. attitude was, I should just be thankful for a paycheck. The end of that was, deuces, I'm, mo- I'm moving to Washington, D.C. To work for an employer that respects my time and my contribution. Right. That's it. Bottom line. I had worked for him for over 10 years. He, he thought he didn't think that I would walk. And yeah. shortly after I did, everybody else started to recognize their value and demand more. And then there was a mass exodus from the company. And what you're seeing in college football is, is, is just that right now. Specifically mm-hmm. in like, look at what's happening in basketball right now. Mm-hmm. How many kids are deciding, all right, I'm right. going to go to college. I'm just going to go play semi-pro ball straight out of high school. I can't make the jump straight to the league. That's fine. I'll go play overseas. I'll go do something else that I can be compensated right now that will prepare me for being able to make my dreams happen. Mark my words. Yeah. This will start happening more and more. Green, we who we were supposed out. to get, is yeah. slated. People got him slated as the second overall draft pick. Yeah. 
incentivize these kids to go to college. He bet on himself and his work. Like it, like you're going to see more of this if you're seeing kids betting on themselves and in, in and going that route. What, hear what we are saying so clearly, and I hate that I have to make differentiations like this because I want us to be able to have conversations that lack cognitive dissonance. Right? I am not telling you that because I'm in favor of all of these things that I undervalue education or that I don't fundamentally understand that the vast majority of these student athletes will never go professional in the sport in which they're playing. I understand all of the statistics. That's not the point. The statistics aren't the point. What you push to the kids is not the point. I can, anybody who tells me, well, if you preach it to the kids, you don't have children. You just don't have kids if you tell me that all you have to do is preach the value to a kid and they're just going to be like, I get it because dad said so. I get it because my coach said that ain't how that works. It's not how it works. And if you think that that's how it's worked, because if I if you don't preach to the kids that they might not go pro, then they're going to get their hopes up. Those kids hopes are up anyway. Right. If they were good in high school, their hopes are already up. They could be mediocre in high school and they think all it's going to take is their hand being in the hands of the right coach and the right opportunity. If somebody gives me, it does not matter. I know kids right now that I could probably still be in a pickup game of basketball that thought they were going pro and I suck at basketball right now. That's just not how it works. Everybody got dreams. And you're not about to just dash somebody's dreams just because you try to interject reality to them. The point of this is not that. The point of this is that whether or not they're going to go pro, they are making millions for that school in most instances. Okay, and we want let's let's you know transition to talk about some of the sports that don't make the millions, right? Like how, how, what do we do in those situations? They still deserve to be compensated. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't Absolutely. think that yeah, I, I'm still firmly against making millionaire college athletes a thing right uh sure but but i do think that there is it's not an all or nothing solution there is a a medium here that's reasonable and and right now what you had is you had a situation like i had with my what was my first employer after college i started out on that job as a base level technician making $15 an hour. And because I never left the company, every raise I got, even with a title change was not equivalent to what my peers were making in other companies. Mm. And so for a decade, I worked not understanding my value and what I brought to the table. This is how the system is designed to keep rich people, rich and poor people, poor. Uh-huh. And that's what's happening to these athletes. The, the problem that they have, and, and, and I'll tell you, um, uh, uh, the, the most dangerous thing that can happen to the establishment is that people become educated about what their value is. Right. And that's what's happening with athletes right now. They're understanding what they bring to the table. Right. You know, while people tell them you should just be thankful for a scholarship. Now, let me count this stack of hundreds. <laughs> what? Right. Come on, man. Or, or, or I'm gonna be, I'll be honest with you. Honest with you. Uh, what I sense from a lot of people that they'll never admit is some of this is just jealousy. For sure. You're, you're oh, jealous. You're jealous that this kid has this God given talent mm-hmm. to be able to pursue a dream you may have had, but never had the ability to go with that dream to get you there. Yeah, man. It's the shut up and dribble crowd. Absolutely. Again, a lot of right. it is just flat out jealous. Yeah, jealous. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you if you have talents, I'll never knock anybody for their talents. Right. I have friends who make tons of money just because they're funny and they're funnier than the next guy. Mm-hmm. And I am not jealous of them for being funny. That's your gift, man. Your gift is funny. Right. It's not just it's in all walks of life. So if you can find out, find a way to leverage the thing that you do best into millions of dollars, there will always be somebody on the other side saying, why should he make all that money right. to do that? Right. You know, uh, think about it this way. Do you know, you know why car mechanics make so much an hour? 
Because understanding how a car works is not something that the average person possesses. And those people can rip you off and there's no way for you to know. Right. But if you do know, you can do it yourself. Which means you can save a lot of money. Now, mm-hmm. I'll, give you, I'll give you another example right here at the War Report. If you're watching this show, if you've seen any of our content, I'll tell you right now, our stuff is 100% produced in-house. Yeah, Graphics, voiceover, editing, all of it. And I have so many people ask me, who's your graphics guy? Ike, he's <laughs> my graphics guy. Well, who right. did that intro music? Brian, he's a music producer. Well, how much do you guys pay to edit? Man, I edit myself. <laughs> right. And because we bring that to the table, no one can minimize what we do. And you can't control us. You can't tell us how to produce it. You can't stop us. We can do it ourselves. And that is that is power, right? Yeah. When we started, I'll, I'll say this last piece about this. I when we started um, editing, I remember Ike found me like a, a free editing software, and I was just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm limited by this program. I need something else. And then I got something else, and I was working on a work computer editing our shows. It was a decent machine, but it was. If you know anything about computers, you know you need a powerful GPU and a lot of processing power to edit videos. So we decided that our first war report purchase as a company would be getting me an editing suite. I started looking at edit, editing suites. I looked at some sweet Apple stuff. And guys, I'm telling you, that stuff, the, the cheapest Mac Pro was $6,000. Now, let me tell you how powerful having knowledge and ability is. I said, the hell with Apple. I'm going to build it myself. Educate, read up, watch the videos, and I built a six to seven thousand dollar machine for under eighteen hundred dollars. So just having the knowledge of my, myself saved me five thousand dollars. That's empowerment, man. That's what's happening to these athletes. No, you're not going to take all the. I now understand my worth because I have. You know, when you have that epiphany, when you have that enlightenment of what the thing that you possess is worth, people can no longer tether you to their idea of what you should be worth. Mm -hmm. This whole conversation with athletes is about empowerment, man. I'm telling you. Empower these guys. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Just shout out to Walt again. So I says, I don't have a problem with players getting more money, but there is a cost to the school, especially when you add the Title IX sports. They got it. That's fair. Listen, that's fair because um, let's say you're at a school where football is not big, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Football helps pay for a lot of the the Olympic sports. Right. Right. Soccer, golf, lacrosse, swimming. All that stuff is paid for by football, practically. The money that they generate allows us to have those other sports. We we still don't have a men's soccer team, do we? Auburn doesn't doesn't have a Well, they didn't have a men's soccer team when I was in school. And the cost of it versus, you know, it's the South, so, you know, soccer, not really our thing. But I'm just saying I, I understand that argument, though. Uh, but, the, but the money is there if you decide you want to provide that opportunity for people to come to, to college and play the Olympic sports. They got it. Somebody has to just decide that it's important and they can raise the funds and do what they need to do to provide that. They got it. Because they, they I'm sure, find the money when they want to get something. They got it. Sure. That's all I'm saying. You said all that to say they got it. They got it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shout out Jonathan Harris. Imagine if your job gives you free food five days a week, a room paid online course here and there and didn't pay you any money. Even after you slaved at work, you couldn't get a dime because we already give you 
enough. I think it speaks to your point, Mike G, about knowing your worth and what you're bringing to the table, the value you're bringing. You can yes. negotiate. Listen, Google is a perfect example of this. If you see some of their campuses, it's rated top five buildings to work in in the world. Yeah. Because if you're a single mother and you're a programmer, you don't have to worry about childcare. It's there on site. I, I've seen yeah. this. They've got nap bays. Anything you can, gyms, anything you can think of is on that campus so that you don't have to leave to take care of life. And while you're at work, you can just focus on the job. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I was talking about. They remove all the external distractions that would keep you from producing during the day. I tell the guys that work for me all the time, I give a damn about what's going on in your personal life. You know why? Because if I don't give you time to take care of it, you're going to bring it to work, which is going to aff- affect your productivity, which is going to affect me. Yeah. So if you need to get out of the office 30 minutes early to go pick up your kids, go. I'm not going to be the time clock Nazi. Get out of here. Because if all you're thinking about over the last hour of work is I got to get out of here to go pick up my kid on time, you're not going to get anything done. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. help, Help remove the external distractions for these athletes to do the thing that you're asking them to do. And the scholarship alone is just not a straight up fair trade. I'm sorry. I I just think that falls below the line of of decency. But yeah, I think y'all should definitely check out the the interview we did with uh, the guy from QB school. Uh, Which I mean, amazing, amazing as that's even the majority of the interview. No, it's at the tail end. Two minutes. Uh, The the vast majority of the interview is not about that. But it's it definitely was a good I I, I liked um, hearing him talk about it. Yeah, yeah, one of the best we've done in my opinion. Dope. Well, listen, guys, listen. We don't have a whole lot on the slate. We just we just glad that y'all want to hang out with us on a Wednesday night in the off season in the middle of June, right? So, man, if y'all got some questions, man, please drop them. I do. I did see a comment that just recently came in. By the way, we got some comedians. In our yeah, comment section, enough in the comment section. Enough. Cutting the full Corey is hilarious as usual. Like, yeah, we 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 got we got some of the best. Uh, I do I do want your guys' takes on this because again, I think because the NCAA has not stepped up, other people are having to do their dirty work for them, right? And I think just think it's just a, an indictment on them. But we do have people who have different opinions about how things should go. XTDB underscore 1993X says, I think players should be allowed to sign autographs and take picks for money, but I do not agree with them getting endorsement deals straight out of high school. So what I take that to mean is that, you know, if, if you're a person who in your second year, you're, you're actually worked your way to be a starter or you, you've earned your keep and you're actually producing, getting an endorsement deal. What are you guys thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't understand. Like, what, what, when, when is it okay for people to start profiting off of their talents? Like, why endorsement deal straight out of high school? Like, I don't. It's not my money to give them, right? If I want to sign an endorsement deal for a sixteen-year-old high school baseball player, am I wrong for being able? Like, it's that business's money. If that business wants to give that kid that money, I wouldn't do it. But I'm not going to put a rule in place that says you should not do that. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. At the same time, you know, I think that there does need to be some discretion involved with all of those things. But at the end of the day, it ain't my money. So I'm not I'm not I don't have that big a concern about it. But, you know, Mm -hmm. if other people have concerns. It is what it is. I I, I can't be I can't be mad at his opinion on that. though. Yeah, I don't fanboy much. So, like, I cannot imagine paying for it. I don't I don't know if there's an autograph that I would pay for. Um. Uh, but uh, if your celebrity as a student athlete is such that somebody is actually willing to pay for your autograph, right? Like I or give you a deal to, yeah, you know, wear their whatever around campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it exists primarily in the city that you're in. So for a place like Auburn, you're not going to get any endorsements deals outside of Auburn, really. Right. You know, uh, local businesses can profit from having athletes around. You know how it was in college. You know, they would make these flyers saying that some player was going to be at some party at some bar and then everybody would show up to that bar because that's where so and so was going to be. 
Right. And those businesses profit from them in that way. Uh, but I, I just, I don't know about, again, I don't, it, what it, we, they need to put parameters around these endorsement deals. Right. And that's all, that's what I'm waiting on. You know, where are the limits? Because I do believe there should be limits. It'll, it'll just be interesting to me just to see, because I think this is going to be an ever evolving thing. So I'm pretty sure as they first as their first crack at it, there's going to be some some loopholes in there. There's going to be some some, some blind spots, things they didn't think about. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be an error. Right. The first shot at it. There's no, not no even way. not even the second time. Not, not even the second time. So not a, not a chance. Not so a chance. it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves, man. It's a work in progress at the at the very least. I, I am happy to see that something is being done. Um, yeah. I think I think that in and of itself is the win for me. Uh, Corey, Corey Weber saying, can we get a, a TWR phone number to call, like a hotline, basically, to call in at halftime and complain man. about QB play this fall? Wait, time out. If you if you are a member, Corey, why, you are, why, Corey, why are you concerned we'll about you? We'll let you come in here and chat with us, but uh, I don't I don't know about getting a, yeah, a phone number so y'all can yell at yell at us like we the ones out there on the field doing. Well, it. I'm I'm hoping we don't have to give you a phone number to call us about QB play, that but you nice. know, but you know, That'd I'm just nice. uh, just just me being the optimistic one tonight. So you know, hopefully that ain't the case. But if if so, it's five five five. Five five <laughs> five five, Corey. All right, you can call yeah, that yeah. all day long and complain. Yeah, the, the number is become an insider <laughs> uh, because uh, those are the people. We, is that yeah, the number? Yeah, we're going to be chopping it up <laughs> right, at halftime. Much, pretty much uh, <laughs> with our insiders. It's going to be a lot of fun during the season. You guys did. I mean, a lot of you guys joined after uh, the Gus Bus left town, but uh, every Saturday during the fall, we went live at halftime. Uh, and I love it because it makes halftime not feel so long when we get in here and chop it up with you guys, and then we'll be back in the post game. But that will be an insider only only conversation for sure. Got to keep the trolls out of my halftime space. <laughs> for to to address what Wall is saying right here, I I mean, there's there's literally there's no way in a system of money that people who handle money aren't going to be winners like there's just no way to get them out of winning in situations like that for sure which is why it's great if you if your kid can't throw a football maybe you get them to go to school to be a lawyer or an accountant so they can profit off of the football players like i just i mean it's it's a symbiotic system somebody's going to be able to make money because other people are making money that's how it works I'm not mad at it, though. I'm not mad at an accountant or a lawyer getting paid money to do something that I definitely listen. We have to pay lawyers and accountants for to do war report stuff because I definitely don't know how to do. it. Right. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, what is Lawrence talking about? What are you talking about, Lawrence? We got a new hey. we got a, We got a new member. Hey, see, welcome. see Hall. What's up? What's wrong? Very much. Very much. Welcome. 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 Yeah, so, y'all didn't see B Will is in the uh comment section. He's out on the road this week with a um with, with terrible internet. So uh he's not able to uh come in here and chat with us live. But you know, he'll be back in town soon enough yeah, here talking to y'all. So so uh shout out Chase H, friend of the show. His question is what's your opinion on student athlete influencers who are already making money? Hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I'm not aware. Of, I'm not aware of that. But I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm sure to sure so, it is a thing. Can you Somebody elaborate on this that? up on on um the 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 last live uh, about the kid destroying on uh, YouTube who was a he's a kicker. Well, he was previously a kicker for Central Florida, and they forced him to take his YouTube channel down because he was making money off of his videos while he was in school. The NCAA. Like he got so popular to the point the NCAA was like, hey, you're, you know, because he had, you know, we're, we're part of the partnership program with YouTube. He was making money off of his videos as mm-hmm. an influencer. And they were like, you can't do that and play for the school. So he had to choose between continuing to play for the school or doing his YouTube thing. And he was like, I'm already making money today on YouTube. So he he left the school and he's, he's still making money off of YouTube. And now he's a YouTube influencer. Um and I think that that's a real possibility for more athletes to be able to do stuff like that with the, the way that social media is compensating people for being able to 
produce content that people want to follow um, and make money off of that. That's something that I think more students should be able to do uh, in the future is capitalize in some way off of their celebrity that they have while it's still there. Who loses because of this dumb rule? Did the kid lose or did the NCAA lose there? I mean, it, it, there's there's an argument to be had that if, if his ultimate goal was to go play in the NFL, he still hasn't realized that dream. And so, but the question is, would he have realized, like he, he bet on himself and said, you know what, I can make money today and I can still possibly make the NFL later. And he's, he's gotten tryouts for some semi-pro teams. I've still followed his career over the years um, since then, just to kind of see, cause I'm rooting for, it. I'm rooting for the kid to be able to, to see sure. his dream. I say kid, he's you know probably in his mid twenties now um, to be able to see his dreams come to fruition. Uh, but I don't think that there is necessarily a loser in that situation. I think it's just a, a guy who's able to go out there and pay his bills doing something he loves, whether that's football or making uh, content for the Internet. Yeah, I guess the big my, my point is. What's the rationale behind him having to pick one or the other? What's the rationale? And again, it's just the, the rationale doesn't warrant this fork in the road where you got to pick one or the other. Right. And and, see that's, and and those are those situations to me where it becomes silly. Right. It's like, yeah, it's clear. We don't want you making money while you are getting money from the school for your education. Why? Like what what would that who 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 was his YouTube channel hurting? Is that I think that's more to your point. Right. See, is yeah. Who, who was that hurting? Yeah. What, what damage was like it, it? And it wasn't like. If you hear him tell the story, um, he was like he was willing to make a compromise where he didn't wear any of his gear in the videos and he would only do stuff where it wasn't like in the facility. And it's like he just wanted to be able to continue to make the content about his path to trying to be, you know, uh, an NFL kicker and uh, do little funny skits and stuff like that. He wanted to be able to do that kind of stuff on the side. But they were like, nah, you got to take the channel down or no, I think. What they said is that he couldn't monetize the channel. He could continue to produce the content as long as he didn't wear any gear or whatever, but he couldn't monetize it anymore. And he was just like, nah, you like, I'm I'm making money. Like, what are you talking about? But mm. why could he not make money? Because there's a rule that says he can't. Yeah, for something that he was doing before he got there. Even if he was doing it after he got there, like, what does yeah. it matter? Yeah, for sure. What does it matter when he started making the money? He's making money, not hurting anybody, but now he can't because the NCAA rule says he can. That's just crazy. Thank you for listening to the War Report Podcast. You can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the About section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle, and now back to more of the show. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think that one of the things that they're going to have to address with making some of these things okay to do is kind of having these metaphorical shell companies set up for boosters to funnel money directly to athletes. I'm still against that, right? I am still against that. I don't think that some, because now you're talking about the wild, you know, know, if you're going to go free for all, um, then the schools that have money and rich boosters are going to get the lion's share of the good players. Now, I know our school up the road likes to talk about all the championships that a certain coach they had won. I would just like to point out that when he was winning those championships, there weren't a lot of rules in place in terms of scholarship limits. And like, I mean, he was hoarding players. And then he wouldn't release them. And somewhere along the line, they said, this isn't right. So that even the playing field, they started putting limits on scholarships and doing certain things. And others started to catch up because he couldn't just take all the players. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to revert to a system that allows that to happen again. So if you're going to endorse a player, just do it within the framework of what they set up. And then the easiest way to limit that is to put limits on the earnings. 
if the money is coming from some outside source. If you're running some sort of business or thing, I don't think there should be a money a limit. If, but if you're if you are using the university name to profit, maybe there should be a limit. If they one of these players started a YouTube channel right now, what's to stop some booster from coming here and dropping three hundred dollars super chats on a player, right? And not because they are consuming the content, right? For real, just because. I'm I'm not claiming to have a solution to this. I'm just saying that this would be a problem, and I'm still against that. When it comes to yeah, these like I, said, I don't know that there is a clean solution. And I think that's part of the reason why people have stayed away from it is because they're like, oh, it's going to open Pandora's box and it's going to cause more problems. Uh, the problem well, exists today. Well, and right. Working on a solution to it is not a solution. It's not. Yeah. I don't think that that's a viable way to uh, move forward. It's just to say, well, it's it's going to be in some other problems like, yeah, well, true. But yeah. People are going to be able to eat on the weekend. So. We can continue to sweep it under the rug, or we can just lift up the rug and just deal with what's already there. Right? We can just 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 figure out a a competent way of addressing this this problem. And I think staying away from it has not been the best way to go. Yeah. Um, e Craft is asking, and I'm I'm a, I'm a player breaker down a person we got tonight. Uh, <laughs> kind of off topic. But would, could y'all discuss the difference between the offensive scheme between Gus and Harson? Actually, we actually got a video where we talked about, about. I don't even about, know if I have to do too much I on this. Do a whole lot. I yeah, need but, you. To, I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. I. I don't want to get in. I mean, it's there's a lot of differences, um, and I think we we talked a little bit about this on a previous video. So if you want to go back and check that out, about uh, I don't remember what the name of that video. Somebody can pull it up and we can talk about what what, exactly what, what to expect uh, from yeah. Brian Harson's offense. And even in that, we didn't delve too much into it. We've also got some insider content where we looked at some of the offensive scheme um, particularly. But what you will see is there will be some similarities. Right. So you didn't ask me what was going to be similar about it. You asked me what's going to be the difference. First and foremost, you're going to see a lot more stuff happening under center. You're going to see the quarterback lining up under center more often with the offense that Brian Harson is doing. Slash Mike Bobo. I don't want to throw him out there. Um, secondly, you are going to see a lot more being placed on the players to be able to make decisions on the field. So you're going to see the quarterback being able to audible out of certain things and not be looking towards the sideline every time mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, we're not going to, you're not going to see a ton of lineup at the line of scrimmage, um, have some sort of false cadence, and then everybody stand up and look to the side to the sideline to get a call in uh, for what's going to be happening with a bunch of cards and all that sort of thing. And and that sounds like I'm making fun of it. I'm just saying that that's not what's going to be happening, right? Like we're not going to be doing that. Um, we're probably not going to always play with as much pace. You're going to see a variety of pace happening in the game. It's not going to just be, you know, fastballs the entire game, right? We're going to, we're going to vary the pace a little bit and have some, um, some different things that are going to be going on. Um, and you're, you're likely going to see um, a more complex route tree with things happening in the middle of the field, right? Tight end usage, or at least routes that include the tight end. Now, how often we hit the tight end for stuff, well, that's yet to be seen. Um, mm-hmm. But there's definitely going to be some very big differences in just philosophically how it's going to be run. Um, it's going to be less run, 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 shot, play, run, 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 shot, play. It's going to be intermediate plays. We're going to be trying to methodically work the ball down the screen, the field. A variety of different screens going to be in there. I, I could just go on and on about the differences between the two offenses. Um, there's, there's, more, there's more complexity in the scheme, um, which to some degree is the, the beauty of Gus's system is that it should be able to get picked up fairly easily by someone new and they can go in because he wants you to play fast. The beauty of Gus's scheme is playing fast. Right. If you don't have to think a lot, you can play faster. And that's what he wants you to do. Limit how much you're required to process from down to down. You're reading as a quarterback a particular unblocked man and determining what to do with the football from there. And then as a wide receiver, you have a specific responsibility. You're either dead on the play or you're active and you're running a route to do X, Y, and Z. As the running back, you have X, Y, Z responsibility in the scheme of either it's going to be carrying out a fake or you have a specific blocking responsibility. 
And that's it, really. Like, there's very little improv that happens in, in those sort of things. And the play is the play. If the play breaks down, hopefully you've got an athlete that can make something out of nothing. Um, Harson's going to be requiring a little bit more uh, analytical processing on a play to, down-to-down basis. So um, we'll see how it works for the um, the athletes being able to pick up that sort of thing and and still play uh, with speed and tempo. So. Mm. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Listen, Mike G, this, uh, this is for you, sir. This is for you. Ed Darby wants to know, what do you think of, of Demetrius Davis's dad coming out, speaking strong about Davis's name, his work ethic, and not being afraid of competition? The value of having a father in your life. What do you think about his dad speaking up for him? I don't know if uh, you heard about it. Yeah, I think that this is pretty consistent with what we've been seeing from him. Uh, and uh, shout out to Maine Easy. Uh, Maine, I don't know if you're watching my guy Jay Hall. Uh, he's he's connected, and uh, you know he you know shared some things with me about where DD is at. He feels forgotten in this QB race. He um, feels overlooked and underestimated. And with TJ Finley coming in, he doesn't. I'm this he. I know we're thinking he's probably not going to play this year, but he's not got that kind of mentality. He still has a, if you slip up, I can still slide in there at some point this season and take that job. Yeah. Which is what you want your best kind of attitude. You want your backup quarterback to have. Now this young man has not bailed after TJ Finley came, came, he reaffirmed that he is standing by his decision to come to Auburn. I think that shows a lot of character. And suddenly, again, nobody's talking about him. Now, you guys know I was the biggest DD fan from jump. Yeah. You know, from go, I was on him in saying that I think this guy has a lot of arm talent and that he can push everybody in this quarterback room. I still believe that. Mm. I think the talent is there. Whether he can catch up to the mental part of the game, F, you know, I'll plug it again. Watch this JTO Sullivan thing. He addresses that. But uh, kind of looking at what's going on, his dad is his dad is his number one fan, and he's he's saying what DD is feeling. You know, he knows what his son is capable of. He understands he's not he is not afraid of work. And he definitely, I think it's clear he's not running from competition. Right. You know, I mean, and if you're his dad, you know what kind of man you raised. So underestimate him at your own peril. I just hope he gets a chance to show it at Auburn. Right. Right. I hope that what we have under Harson is the beginning of us doing so well with quarterback talent that we don't have any doubt whether the best guy is starting. And we weren't, and we haven't always been so sure of that over the years. Yeah, and I think so, it's going to be hard to, to, to determine too. Like un- unless the guy starting is, so here, here's the interesting part of all of this, right? So let's say, the guy who's starting is serviceable, not spectacular. And we don't see spectacular until that guy leaves. So let's just, uh, we'll, we'll say, you know, Bo Nick starts, right? Mm-hmm. And he just plays, okay, not bad, not great. But like, you're like, man, you know what? I can deal with this Bo Nix on a game-to-game basis, right? He's not lighting the world up, but he's not out there. Being a liability. Uh, right. No. Um, but then, you know, when Bo Nix's time is done at Auburn, the next guy up, and let's just say that's Demetrius Davis in two years, um, comes out here and he's a Heisman Trophy type of candidate. Are you going to be saying to yourself, why wasn't this guy starting two years ago? Because he's clearly like, we don't know right now what we're going to get until we see it on the field. And and that's the thing that Mike has been stressing. We just have to be patient with this, man, and and let the coaches figure it out. And and hopefully they pick the guy that's going to do the best. Like what JT said, the guy that they can trust the most right now mm-hmm. to put the ball right. in his hands and that's say, go out here and lead our team to a W. Yeah, that's who you start, right? Yeah, you start the guy you can trust. And you and 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 I think we're in a. Uh, what I'm happy to see is we're not. It's not 2019 
where we have to play Demetrius Davis, right? You want him, you want him to get acclimated and for the game to slow down for him for where he, he can actually be serviceable and do the things that we believe he can do instead of being trial by fire. Like I, I, I want the, I want the kid to be able to grow into his role. I, I would like, you know, we saw what TJ Finley did. He got thrown into action and who's to say he was ready. Right. right. He was all prepared not to play that year because the guy ahead of him was already crowned the starter. He got hurt. And LSU had to play a quarterback. And so mm-hmm. what I, what you want to see is those kids grow into their role when it's time when it, there's time for them to step up, man. They step up and handle the business. So, yeah, agree. One hundred percent. Thanks again, Mike G. Thanks to all in the comments, man, hanging out with us, man. Again, I'm I'm always surprised at the fact that. Y'all want to hang out with us like y'all do, man, and 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 yeah. talk Auburn football. So I love the community we built, and please, we want the community to grow. So you know what to do. Keep sharing our videos, guys, on social media. Use hashtag Get Your Weight Up once you're sharing either on Facebook or Twitter. Please like and subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't already. As it pertains to Twitter, you can find us at The War Rapport. That's also the same at for Instagram as well. You can find us at TW Rapport on TikTok. Guys, enjoy the rest of your week, man. We will we will see you guys this weekend when we do the weekend tailgate. As always, guys, War Eagle. War Eagle.